Welcome to the South Fellowship Podcast. Here at South Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. And wherever you're listening from today, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I did. The first one, I'm looking, not, no. <laughs> anyway, Alex is slowly becoming a very, very good friend. We meet on a regular basis, and uh, as I do with uh, Tom, and uh, I love it here. Um, love the people. You have been such an incredible blessing to join International. Uh, more than maybe some of you even know, but it's been inc- it's amazing all that we have been able to accomplish because of the support that we receive uh, from this church. Not only on a regular monthly basis is a, a, a missionary organization for you, but beyond that with a new um, curriculum that we're developing and the uh, amount that the church here has given we couldn't have done it without you. So, and I'm gonna, I'll share that with you in a bit. So I wanna get rolling with this because this is, this is only the second time that I've ever done this message. I spent a lot of hours, literally more than 100 hours, trying to put together a new message based on the 12 years that I've lived barefoot, which I'm gonna share with you in a bit. But anyway, these are two of my granddaughters, Leah and Emma. And the reason I have this up there is because, wait, I need to take a, I need to take a look, a look. Okay, he's just so young, he wouldn't, wouldn't. Okay, there's no children in here? Where? Um, okay, that changes things. All right, um, I'm very cautious when I'm speaking. If there's even one child in the room, it'll change the way I share. Uh, so... Even with one, I'm very, very sensitive to the things that I speak, and I will not compromise when it comes to that. So as adults, you will have to read between the lines of what I'm saying to have a clear understanding of what I'm talking about. Joint International is devoted to the rescue, restoration, reintegration, and prevention of children, teens, young women, and even boys and men that are trafficked and sold into a certain trade. I don't think I have to paint a picture for what that means when they are sold into brothels and places like that. So, and when I say uh, Joint International, I started it just a few years ago, 1981. Uh, We are now in our 41st year. I, I know it. I know I don't look near even, you probably think I started it from birth, but, uh, (laughs) so why do I do this work? Why would I devote my life to rescuing these children and teens? And by the way, when I say children, for many, many years, uh, I have, I went deep undercover. This was before I was barefoot. I went deep undercover uh, in India, Thailand, um, Cambodia, Belize, um, 
so many. You'll see the number of countries. I've personally been to 77 countries. I travel quite a bit. And uh, when I say that we rescue children from brothels, I have personally been in brothels where there were children as young as four years old. There is no worse crime perpetrated against a child since the dawn of creation. Nobody can convince me of it. I could share stories with you that would, you would not believe some of the things, the depth of depravity that goes on in our world today knows no bounds. You cannot imagine things that I can't even share publicly, even if there wasn't a child in here, because of how, how heinous and how nefarious some of these things are and what they do to these children. I am going to share one thing about something that I learned in Uganda, but I'll cover it briefly. So I do this work because I was reading the red. That's what I call it. This was many years ago. I was reading the red. I came across this verse, the least of these. Jesus speak. I reading the red is when I'm reading the words of Jesus. I'm, you know that. Um, but I, when I saw that, I'm a, I'm. I'm someone that is a nut for finding out the truth. Um, and when I saw that, I thought, okay, wait, what do you mean the least of these? Who's that? Why weren't you more specific? And I did a search for years on who the least of these were. I went uh, to Africa, children of Biafra. I was in India uh, working uh, to look uh, to minister in leper colonies. I thought, man, you can't get any lower than this, what happened with their lives. And one thing after another, until I found human trafficking and what was happening to these children, my search ended. This is me. This is to me. God spoke to me that these were the least of these for me. I even wrote a book about it titled The Least of These, which challenges you to search for the least of these in your life. Jesus came to set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed and the captives free. I have one goal when I rescue these girls. Most of them stopped believing in God years ago. They would plead with God to set them free from their bondage. And after pleading for maybe days, weeks, months, years, they give up all belief in God. I believe that God has called me to be a five-fold ministry evangelist. Who's going to tell a child in a brothel? Having to service 10 to 15 men a day, every day, seven days a week until they're no longer desirable and they're tossed in the street like trash if they haven't already killed themselves or died from exposure or disease or being beaten to death because they didn't perform properly. When I see one of these girls rescued and, and put into a safe house and come to an understanding that it wasn't God that did this and you see them have their lives turned around then you see them during a praise and worship service, worshiping God with such passion. That's it for me. That's the end result that I look for. 
Boy, that would have been good to have on this, Tom. I have a video of dozens and dozens of girls worshiping God, all that were rescued. That'd be good to have on this. This is in the Philippines. This should not be happening to any child. It's always about the one. There's 27 million. You think that slavery ended in 1865 with the Emancipation Proclamation? No. There are more slaves today by the millions than there were back then. Back then, they were in the hundreds of thousands. Today, there's 27 million. Three to 400,000 in America. Excuse me, two to 300,000 here in our own country. Slavery did not end in 1865. It was just made illegal. So my barefoot journey. July 19, 2010, today's June 26, 2022, that's 4,360 days. Uh, if you calculate it, in three weeks, that'll be 12 years. When I say totally barefoot, just, yeah, totally barefoot, I haven't had a shoe or a sock on my feet, not, not even cheating in my own house when I'm alone, I have not had a shoe or sock on my feet in almost 12 years. July 19, 2010, I was at a garbage dump, this garbage dump. This was in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. This circle here, is, there's a child up there. Uh, that's why I circled that. They look for fresh food. They live in the dump. They live there. They'll actually burrow holes in the bottom and live inside the garbage. When the dump trucks come, they'll converge on it. Maybe they'll get a, a half piece eaten of chicken or a banana or an apple or something. But they live in the dump. I was there with uh, a group working with um, Joyce Ministries, <clears throat> And uh, we were feeding them a bowl of rice with uh, pieces of chicken in it. And I was standing there on the side watching uh, oh, probably about a dozen or so of them eating, and I noticed they were all barefoot. Two of them had some old flip-flops on, but all the rest were all barefoot. Well, when I went back to my room that night, I took off my shoes and socks, and uh, as I was taking them off, I felt I was talking to God about my experience that day. I talked to him all the time, and as I was talking with him, I felt that he was impressing on me to live barefoot in solidarity with impoverished and trafficked children. <laughs> and I know when God is speaking to me, as you'll see in a minute, and I'm thinking, what? What? <laughs> you, you want? It was almost like an Abraham moment where I thought I was going to fall on the floor laughing. Um, you want me to do what? You want me to live barefoot? And I felt that he was impressing on me to live barefoot for one year. And I thought, how can I do that? I live at 9,000 feet elevation in Bailey, Colorado. You know, what would I do in the winter? I travel extensively. I've been to seven, 77 countries. I was in uh, Uganda last week, uh, not last week, uh, about a month and a half ago. I was in Alaska just two weeks ago. Uh, I travel quite a bit. I thought, what would I do in the winter? So I felt God showing me that he would take care of me as long as I wasn't foolish. 
like being in Alaska in the winter last year when it was 19 below zero. And yes, I walked around in 19 below zero weather. I've learned how to be cautious and when my feet have reached their limit. It's actually worse walking on hot pavement in a place like Indio or wherever it may be, and the, the, the hot pavements uh, really are painful. Uh, but no com I do not compromise. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, I come home, come out of the airport. My wife is waiting by the car, and uh, she sees me walking out. She said, where are your shoes? So I told her what happened. She said, what do you mean you're going to live barefoot? What are you going to do in the winter? I said, well, I'll get cold feet. She said, no, seriously, hon, what are you going to do in the winter? I said, I will seriously get cold feet. She said, what about the snow? I said, it'll get even colder in the snow. I'll be, yeah. So, <laughs> well, anyway, God gave me the perfect wife. She's out there by uh, my table. And... Uh, when it snows, she insists on doing this. I told her she doesn't have to, but she does. She'll sweep a path to the car. She'll turn on the engine, turn on the heater, put a towel on the floorboard. Thank you, God, for Gail. Um, he gave me the perfect uh, wife for me. She's such an incredible blessing. Well, one year, of course, all my friends, family, they thought I was out of my mind. And... Uh, <clears throat> One year passed, July 19, 2011. This grandpa that looks like Santa Claus was the happiest man on earth. I thought, oh my gosh, I actually went a full year barefoot. I wake up somewhere between 1.30 to 2.30 in the morning every day, seven days a week, no alarm clock. That's just when this brain just all of a sudden starts acting up. Well, I had, I had put a pair of white socks on my ottoman in front of my couch. I woke up, went to the couch, and I thought, yeah. I just wanted to feel those socks on my feet. I put my, this is what happened. You can choose to believe this or not. This is what happened. I put my left foot on the ottoman. I took the sock, put it on my toes, went to pull it on my foot, and it was as if there was a tug of war. I could not get the socks past my toes. As much as I pulled, it was like some force was pulling the other way. And I'm thinking, what the heck? So, so I just cried out. I said, God, what do you want from me? I, I just went for a whole year. And that still small voice spoke to me in a way that only God could. These are the words that I heard verbatim. He only had to say it once. Keep going. Those children are still out there. <laughs> that was enough for me. I uh, waited for my wife. My wife woke up that morning and comes out. She looks over my shoulder and she said, oh, I thought you would have had your socks on by now. What happened? So I said, well, I told her what, ha I told her what happened. And she said, what are you going to do? She said, I, I said, I'm going to keep going. She said, for how long? I said, until one of three things happen. God speaks to me and tells me it's time. The last child is rescued. Or I'm dead. 
I said, Hon, as long as my going barefoot will motivate even one person a year to action in a way that could help me to rescue even one more child a year, I said, I'll go barefoot for the rest of my life. And now, 12 years later, when people ask me, why are you barefoot? I tell them just one word. I'm barefoot for one word. Obedience. Because I believe on July 19th, 2010, God asked me to. I say, well, why would God ask you to do that? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I just know what I heard, and I had two choices. It's either yes. When God asks you to do something, you have just two choices, yes or no. The word maybe should be taken out of the dictionary. It's a non-word. Maybe is another way of saying no. Think about it. Uh, Would you do this for me? Well, maybe. Uh, So you're saying no. Uh, Because if you're not saying yes, then it's no. And even the scriptures tell us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You notice there's no and let your maybe be maybe. So it's either yes or no. And I said yes. (sighs) To obey, because people tell me all the time, the reason I put this verse up here, over the last 12 years, you can't imagine how many times I've heard how sacrificial my life is, the self-sacrifice and how noble and how... Uh, altruistic and how wonderful it is what I'm doing. Tell them, you think I like being barefoot? You think that because I've been barefoot for the last 12 years that I've embraced the barefoot lifestyle? You think because there's thousands of barefooters all over the world that see me as their guru that I enjoy and have embraced the barefoot lifestyle? I can assure you I have not. I I hate being barefoot. I do. You can't imagine the, the snide remarks. The dirty looks. People talking behind your back. Um, you cannot imagine. Try it. I, I dare you. I challenge you. One day, 24 hours, you wake up one day. No shoes, no socks until you wake up the next day. No matter what you have to do, bank, restaurant, supermarket, I don't care what you have to do, driving, all of it. I dare you. And you'll see what I've experienced for 4,360 days. I do it out of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't consider what I'm doing sacrificial at all. I'm doing it strictly out of obedience to what I believe God has told me to do or asked me to do. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it appears to be the act of a fool. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. I have to believe that God had a reason, that he had a purpose for me to live barefoot. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just simply to make people aware of, traffic, of human trafficking. It's gone so far beyond that. 1 Corinthians 4.10, we are fools for Christ's sake. God asking me to live totally barefoot was pretty foolish of him to do by our standards. Or perhaps it was foolish of me for believing it was God who asked me. 
I believe it was God and that he obviously had a reason beyond my finite understanding. So how did I know it was really God? How did I know? Because for me to say yes to this, I had to know that it was God asking me. It had to be him or I would be, there would be something really, I would be emotionally disturbed. Which there are some people that would probably, no. <laughs> it begins by listening for his voice. I am so sensitive to the voice of God. If, you, if any of you ever got my first book, Stepping Into Adulthood, I have a whole story just on that of years ago um, when God spoke to me the first time. How do you pray? You think about this. People pray in so many different ways. They'll pray standing like this, or like that, hands raised, hands clasped on their knees, laying in their bed, sitting on their couch, walking. Um, there's so many different ways that you can pray. Now, isn't it interesting that when you pray, I see this all the time, you pray, you petition God, you give him all of the desires of your heart, like he tells us to do in the scriptures, give me the desires of your heart, your heart, and I will surely give it, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will surely give you the desires of your heart. But have you ever noticed people pray, they petition God, they ask him for so many different things, and then at the end of the prayer, they say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name amen. At least me, I end every prayer that way. And then immediately they go get a sandwich, turn on the television, uh, get in their car, do whatever. They do whatever, go to sleep. But I wonder how many times we pray and we say in Jesus' name, amen. Then we get up and walk away. And can you imagine God sitting up there going, <laughs> didn't you want an answer? Hello? I was just about to answer you, but you walked away. It tells us in the scriptures to be still and know that I am God. It tells us to give ear to his voice. When I finish praying, when I'm alone and I'm praying and I'm petitioning God, I then shut up and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear you. And then I'll just be quiet. Sometimes five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes an hour. And after a while, when I feel that, okay, there's nothing he has to say to me, then I'll go forward. But you need to practice that. Learn to be sensitive to the possibility that God may want to talk to you. His sheep follow him. These are the words of Jesus. Sheep follow him because they know his voice. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does, does God really talk to people today? Yes, he does. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know when he started talking to people? When he created the first one. From Adam until today, God has been speaking to people, to his creation. When God asks you to do something, it's important to know that it's him speaking to you, especially when he asks you to do something outrageous or in the eyes of man, foolish. The foolishness of God, remember, is wiser than the wisdom of men. There had to be no doubt. There had to be absolutely no doubt that God was talking to me in order for me to go forward with this. 
So there was the process of elimination. I had three choices, just three. It was either the enemy talking to me. Is it possible that Satan was talking to me and trying to get me to do something so outrageous? Why would he do that? There would be no reason for him to do that. He's not stupid. He knows me. He knows that if I'm going to do something like this, I'm going to do it not to glorify and honor him. I'm going to do it to glorify and honor God. I'm going to do it to fight his evil ways. Why would he tell me to do something that I'm going to use as a tool to help destroy a stronghold that he has all over the world? So it didn't make sense that it was the enemy. So next it would be, was it myself? Well, if it was myself saying to do this, then I would be a lunatic. Um, it would, I, I mean, it really would be the act of a fool to say, yeah, hey, I'm going to live barefoot. Uh-huh. With no purpose, no vision. Why would I do something like that, especially when I hate being barefoot? So the only other option, it had to be God. Has it been worth it? Has it been worth these last 12 years of me being barefoot? It's amazing how much has happened since July 19th, 2010, and the number of people we have been able to reach, the number of hundreds of thousands of people who have heard about the plight of children being trafficked and human trafficking and how the resources that we have gained as a result. And by the way, I never, never went barefoot with any thought whatsoever of it being used as a fundraiser. It was a small group in uh, a little town of Coshocton, Ohio, a group of youth who, in my third year of being barefoot, after I spoke there, the youth pastor contacted me and said, Dr. Jeff, you really motivated these young people. They want to do a fundraiser for you. They want to walk a mile barefoot, call it the Barefoot Mile. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Is that okay? I said, well, sure. They said, will you walk with us? I said, if you get just $3,000 in pledges, I'll fly back there. Well, they went $10,000 above that. They raised $13,000 at the first one. The, the best barefoot mile so far that's raised the most was in Alaska, where they raised $200,000. Everything that I was hoping to learn about an organization fighting this evil, I found Don Bridget and and that started this partnership that has been going on for a number of years, which has resulted in over a thousand messages already. And Joy International, who have done six police trainings, training anti-human trafficking and juvenile protection police throughout Cambodia in tactical operations and firearms training, um, as well as our SWAT team. And they've also um, donated to individual cases that we've done. The use of numbers, this isn't a statistic. These are a thousand lives that have been transformed. These were a thousand lives that were in some of the most brutal, difficult situations, and now they have an opportunity to live a life that's completely different. Joy International came alongside of us and helped do training. They've done multiple trainings with the Cambodian National Police and our SWAT team that has resulted in a real professionalism that leads to the success. But not only that, they've helped fund the raids themselves. And that's critical for us to be successful. One of the biggest uh, factors in prevention 
in the U.S. prosecution, conviction, and imprisonment of the perpetrators. So when I saw that this was what was happening with AIM, I said, this is the kind of organization I want to work with. We've been partners ever since. There's currently been over 3,000 uh, children, teens, and young women rescued in all of these different countries. It's been incredible. Um, when Don Brewster was talking about the training being critical, critical to their success, our director, director of tactical operations in global police training has now trained all, every police officer fighting human, the anti-human trafficking juvenile protection police in the country of Cambodia. One training would cost Joint International about $15,000. Well, for several years, we did about five a year. So you can see the cost and the expense of doing those trainings. Uh, we now do trainings all over the, the world uh, beyond Cambodia. I'm going to go through these pretty quick because you can, you can actually go to my website. My website is very easy to remember. We're Joy International. Just go to joy.org and you'll uh, see our website. It's pretty extensive with all the things that are on there. It'll talk about these in detail, about the Barefoot Mile Walks, the Joy Shop where th things like uh, this bracelet, shirts, um, bags, and uh, purses, uh, so many different items, uh, many other bracelet types of bracelets, things like that. Uh, all, everything on the Joy Shop is made by the girls uh, that have been rescued. All of them are made by survivors. Uh, they have to have a job when they come out, and they have to have job training. Uh, awareness campaigns where we train. I, I was just in Alaska uh, just several weeks ago where we did airport trainings. Uh, and we train in the airports there because, and all over, wherever we're invited, because I don't, if you're a set of eyes, if you push a wheelchair, carry luggage, if you're a gate agent, um, if you work in a restaurant, uh, a car rental clerk, whatever you do in an airport, we train you with situational awareness to recognize the situation around you. Give you an example, one uh, man who was one of the managers for United Airlines, he saw something, it immediately took action, and as a result, a nine or 10-year-old girl was rescued from the back of a van. She was being trafficked right out of the van. This is what he told the police. I never would have noticed that if it wasn't for the training I received from Joy International. All that makes every training that we do worth it for that one girl. Uh, I talked about the international police training. Uh, advocates, advocate groups you can have right here. Uh, they're teams of groups of volunteers who come alongside our partner restoration homes to strengthen and encourage their work. They meet on a monthly basis to pray, write notes of encouragement, prepare small gifts to bless the staff and survivors. Christmas sponsorship is pretty self-explanatory, but that's also for survivors, workers, um, there's so much that's involved with the Christmas sponsorship. There are churches that get involved with this because it's an incredible blessing, not only to survivors and workers here in America, 
but also overseas in places like Uganda. And you can, again, see all of this on our website. Uh, the retreats is something that's brand new. It's incredible what these tr retreats are doing for uh, workers that these are uh, trafficking service providers who are so abused. Uh, many times the girls will physically abuse them. Uh, they'll, they'll spit on them. They'll cuss them. They'll beat them. Uh, they, they're really, some of the girls are really tough. So sometimes these gals need training, which we do self-defense training for them. And then we also now have these retreats to give them a time of rest and impartation from experts in the field. This we just started doing last year. When I read the response of some of the gals that were ministered to, I told our uh, gal on our staff that does this, I said, I want to see these increased. The response from these women were incre was incredible and because they're the ones that minister to the gals that need the ministering to, the survivors, I really wanted to see this continue. Uh, emergency Relief Fund, I'm going to show you more about that. Um, resources for parents. You know, these predators, one of the places that they, that they look for teenage girls, church youth groups, believe it or not. They train teenage boys how to pray, P-R-E-Y, on girls in youth groups. So um, that's one of the areas that if you go to our website and you see the resources for parents, there is a myriad. There's so much available. We don't charge for anything. With that, all of that is free. The children's curriculum, um, I'm going to show you more about that in a second. The book study is just literally, you could put together a small group and do a group discussion uh, that has been uh, developed for my book, The Least of These, which you can get out there if you'd like. Um, the 6A Freedom Project, if it wasn't for this church and the amount that was given, we had to raise somewhere around $80,000. More than half of it was given by South Fellowship. Um, I mean, you'll be unquestionably in the credits, but besides that, I cannot even begin to thank you. This is a curriculum, a 12-week video and workbook curriculum. We were asked to do it by Sunlight Homeschool Curriculum, and it starts in September. Um, we, it's incredible. This 12-week video and workbook curriculum will be teaching young people about, it's, it was really initially based on my children's book, um, Why Are You Barefoot? And now it's been turned into this curriculum, not only for uh, children in elementary, but we have an elementary, middle, and high school uh, division for, for these 12 weeks. And it's teaching them how to recognize that modern-day slavery is still happening in their world today and what they can do to help fight it by becoming a modern-day abolitionist. Um, it's so, so powerful, and we've come to realize it's going to have the potential of reaching anywhere from 5 to 7 million homeschoolers here in America alone. So I'll never be able to thank South enough for what you've done in helping us to develop this. Empowering education. I love this part. Um, Beyond Rescues, this gal here, Anna, 
Uh, she is now a nurse. Uh, she was one of the gals that we've uh, supported. The girl next to her, uh, she is in this, in this photo here, she's, uh, 50, she's 15. When she was 12, she was forced to be married. She's a, a rescued child bride. This is a whole new area that Joy International has now gotten into with uh, rescuing child brides and preventing child brides. When she was 13, she had her first child. I think her child is now four. Um, she wants to be a, a midwife. Uh, she's now going to school for that. Her sister here, who fortunately is younger, one year younger than her, fortunately was not forced into a child marriage, but she wants to be a nurse. And then of course, all these, there's uh, 32 uh, children here. These are all girls. I know that some of them may look like boys because their hair is so short, but these are all girls, except for the guy in the middle that looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> this gal, I love her. She made this. <laughs> I told her, uh, her name is uh, Anna too, and I told her uh, that the first time I speak after coming back from Africa, I would wear this shirt, so this is the first time that I'm wearing it uh, in the public. But uh, we're going to have a whole mess of her things on the uh, website. Not just things like shirts, but they, she does shirts and dresses and handbags and purses and backpacks, all like this, all beautifully uh, colored. That says Kampala International University, and you can't see it here. It's 2022 from April, and there's a young girl. Uh, her name is Christine. This says five and a half years. It's a five and a half year, uh, five and a half uh, years with 11 uh, semesters for a young woman who was accepted into this program. It doesn't, I, I can't, you can't, well here, it says Bachelor of Medicine and, uh, or, and then uh, for surgery. She's going to be the first female surgeon in the entire district uh, in Uganda where she is. Her name is Christine. Five and a half years, all those semesters, the total, not per semester, the total for all those semesters is $18,000 for her to go to uh, medical school, um, which, by the way, I am in the middle of raising that. I'm actually looking for female surgeons that might want to take this on as a project, but we do accept funds from men. <laughs> and you don't have to be a surgeon. I'm so excited. I told her that I will come back for her graduation ceremony. So now, Uganda. Our, this was in Uganda. Our recent team learned something that's happening with children who are trafficked and severely abused by witch doctors. Witch doctors are very real, and they are probably one of the most evil people that I've ever met anywhere in the world, um, who kidnapped children while they walked 11 miles every day. The water system in Kasese, Uganda, went down from floods. And as a result, the children had to walk 11 miles, five and a half miles there, five and a half miles back. There, these were empty. Back, they were full. When one this size was full, it would be 40 pounds. Well, what we learned 
When I say the depths of depravity have no bounds, I'm not kidding. I'm going to share something. It's very rough to hear. I'll be cautious with the way I share it because of the child that's here. But you'll understand what I'm saying when I say it. What we learned was on the path, while these children were getting the water, they would leave at 5.30 in the morning and not get back until after, sometime afternoon. They did this every day, seven days a week, because of the water system being down. They needed the water for their homes. Um, the homes would just be a hut. They had to carry up to 40 pounds of water over five miles. You'll notice they're all they're barefoot. The witch doctors would hire young men. They would wait for the children to go on the path. They would kidnap both boys and girls. The boys, they would cut off a certain body part and put that body part in a jar and sell it to businessmen who thought that if they had that body part in their homes, it would give them prowess in a certain area of their life. Or it would give them good fortune in their business. The sick thoughts of, of men today. The girls, they would do the same thing. They would cut off a certain body part so that they would receive no pleasure. And then they would sell them to men in the Middle East who would have them as part of their harems or just as slaves for one thing only. Um, when I heard this, I said, what if the water project, what, what if it was fixed? They said, well, that would probably, it would help a lot. I said, well, how much would it cost? They said $7,700. Um, my director of outreach and missions was actually there. Um, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, right now she's in Cambodia. And uh, I contacted my director, my executive director, Gina, and I said, Gina, I'm not waiting to do a fundraiser for this. I'm not sending out a letter, at least not right now. I need you to send $7,700 to Pastor Allison, the Director of Operations for Joint International there, immediately. Immediately. I want to see this water project uh, fixed, done, as soon as possible. So they did. It was fixed. We even received a letter from the uh, uh, Ugandan parliament thanking us because it helped over 1,000 families, but it also did this. By the way, when I was there, these, these photos were taken when I was there uh, about six weeks ago. I love this.
Dozens of children are safe after they were rescued. 82 children across the nation were rescued. I remember saying to my wife that, Gail, as long as my being barefoot will motivate even one person a year to action in a way that would help me to rescue even one more child, I'll go barefoot the rest of my life. A man accused of trying to sell his four-year-old daughter on Craigslist. Police arrested a total of six people tonight. We no longer and sit by and ignore the truth about what's happening. New at five, a longtime soccer coach is now in custody tonight. An Anchorage man is charged with trafficking women around the state. The Barefoot Mile is growing in a way that I never expected it to. On July 19, 2010, when I uh, when I first uh, decided to go barefoot in solidarity with uh, impoverished and trafficked children. Uh, I had no thought of it being used as a fundraiser. Um, it was that small church youth group in Coshocton, Ohio that started it. And from there, it's just grown. And I remember just standing on the ledge there getting ready to speak and watching the crowd gather and I was fighting back the tears because to see that whole um, town square begin to fill up with people taking off their shoes. I cannot tell you what it feels like to know that I'm not alone. Um, it's when we join forces and work together and put our funds together to fight this. That's how uh, we see success. Awareness is good, but awareness without action is apathy. If I make you aware of something and you don't do anything about it, what, what have I accomplished? When I speak, I speak to hopefully motivate people to action in a way that will help to set another child free. By getting involved with the Barefoot Mile, you can literally help set another child free with every step you take. Thank you.
4,360 days equals about 104,650 hours that I've been barefoot. I'm asking you for just one. Just one. Would you join me July 23rd and walk around in Clement Park around the lake? Just one hour, less than an hour. It takes about 35, 40 minutes. I would love to have you as part of that. And we still need help with volunteers. You can get information at the table. That's where it is. Saturday, July 23rd, Clement Park. Awareness is good, but this is my life mantra. Awareness without action is apathy. If I make you aware of something and you choose to do nothing about it, what have I accomplished? Nothing. This, to me, is the most beautiful sound on earth. There's no greater sound to me. There's no song. There's no music. Nothing more beautiful to me than this sound. Children shouldn't have to cry themselves to sleep at night in pain from their abuse. trips, which by the way, we've had people from here at South, uh, young people join us on our missions trips. We have them to Cambodia, now to Uganda, to Belize, just to let you know. These are my two books, Why Are You Barefoot for Children? The least of these for adults. I cannot thank you enough for the privilege of sharing my heart here at South. Um, this is a very special congregation to me. I have very special friends here. I consider you all family. So thank you so much. I'll be at my table in the back if you have any questions. Um, thank you, thank you from the depths of my heart uh, for being a part, a big part of the Ministry of Joy International. You have helped to set thousands of children free from their bondage. If God is working in your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us. You can give online at southfellowship.org slash give or on the South Fellowship Church app. Thanks again for listening and have a great rest of your day.